My name is Lola Rapuzzolo, and this is Media Delta. All right, uh, so when you are listening to this, uh, it is now the month of October, which means as, as, as a show that talks about media that are like movies and TV shows, naturally it means that we should probably talk about things that are at least a little bit spooky. Uh, and since this is a video game tie-in uh, media podcast, uh, I and especially since there is a new, uh, technically not series, a new version of it coming out, uh, it is now a perfect time for us to discuss the Netflix original series, Castlevania, which aims to kind of take the plot of Castlevania 3, Dracula's Curse, and Curse of Darkness, and kind of makes it, kind of animates and kind of elaborates on some plots that are relatively tied into those. Uh, namely uses the characters of those and some kind of some events that occurs during the time, but kind of is its own thing also. Uh, it's some a real liberties. Yeah, it's an interesting, for lack of a better word, uh, take on Castlevania lore and well, such. Liberties uh, as so much as you've got what what lore you have with Castlevania for the most part, other than like Curse of Darkness. And uh, yeah, also uh, maybe adds a little edge to it, to say the I least. Mean, a little. In terms of adaptations, they didn't have a lot to work with Castlevania 3. I'm sure there's a lot more of Curse of Darkness. I've not played that game, to be honest. But, you know, they kind of, at a point, did they work with what they could, I guess, for better or worse. Um, Yeah, it's certainly a thing um but yeah we are talking about the netflix series castlevania uh in particular there was four seasons so this is going to be a two-part episode uh there were four seasons of castle of castlevania uh four technically but really it's three and a half uh season one came out in 2017 uh had a grand total of four episodes uh castlevania um uh, Castlevania season two came out the year pro or the year after. Uh, and basically every year after there was a season that came out. And uh, we are going to be discussing Castlevania season one and two. Uh, which, yeah, uh, is as if you if you were good at math is half the series. Um, so that that's what we're that's what we're discussing. Um, so I am not the only one who is here to discuss this. Uh, so please introduce yourselves in alphabetical order. Hi, I'm Alex, and I'm wary of this one because there's so much edge and I do not want to cut myself on it. Can I go now? Yes. Hi, I'm Bob Nader. You might know me from places like HTML1, and I'm happy to be back. It's been a while, but I am here to talk this show that tries its best, but maybe is not as good as it could have been, we'll say. I'm the, I'm the, I'm the face here. Hi, I'm Torpetypist, and the real horror was Warren Ellison the whole time. <laughs> yes. Um, so we're going to do things a little bit different than how we have, well, kind of. Uh, we're going to do things the way that we've been doing in the last couple episodes, uh, since we have started the new season. Uh, and But we're going to change the questions up a little bit, because this has kind of been a series that has been discussed a lot uh, in particular with, you know, people who are, like, into games and all that, because, you know, it's based on 
Castlevania. Uh, but also, it its tone has been a little bit controversial, to say the least. Um, so there are some things specifically that I want to kind of talk about uh, with this series then I don't necessarily need to talk about other things. Uh, so um, before we have the one-on-one discussions with the other uh, guests here, uh, let me quick give my general take on just to kind of set where uh, things have uh, kind of gone. Um, so uh, basically, um, my uh, take on it was I season one kind of came out and um, uh, and it's actually kind of funny. So actually to start even before season one even came out um, that the first thing that got that kind of got leaked from this, there's this thing has been in production or like apparently it was in production. Well, and what the first thing that most people knew about this was there was a leak of a script for a little bit of the script. And um, uh, it was a scene like, oh, hey, it's Castlevania script. It's going to be fight. It was a scene in a bar of people making jokes about someone having sex with a sheep. And that was what people knew about this. And just remembering here, I'm like, this is going to be terrible. I did like what that, this show should not be made. And then didn't hear about it for years. And then all of a sudden it came out. Uh, so I was kind of going into this a little bit skeptical about what it was. And based on season one, it was okay. Uh, season one is very weak. Uh, it is four episodes long and did not really do much other than like give the scant about of like window dressing for what this is. Um, and uh, yeah, so it's... Uh, it. <laughs> It didn't really show much. It also, Castlevania is very, like, it's, I'm not one to, like, be, like, offended so much by, or, like, taken aback by, like, gore or, like, it. Castlevania being gory makes kind of sense. However, there are other elements of it that I feel just don't really, or kind of put me off a little bit. Uh, it's a very foul show. Uh, there is a lot of cursing and just a lot of like just foul humor, so to speak, of it. Uh, there, there is a personal bugbear of mine. Uh, I think of the four episodes, three of them have vomiting in it, which again, they're like not very much by known like my I'm a metaphobic, so I did not appreciate that. And even the fourth one has mention of vomiting in it, funnily enough. Uh, and just it really felt kind of like it was almost like not quite a family guyish, but it was kind of it really felt edgy for the edgy's sake. Uh, however, following uh, season uh, came out season two and uh, it was much longer. Uh, the thing with it is that I was like, I, I can understand why you have the like Council of Vampires and all that. And um, like why you would take a lot of time to like, oh, hey, there here's what the vampires are doing. The problem is it just kept up. It took too much time. Like they're like the vampire politics just. I felt like it. there was a bit too much of it, but for the most part, it was pretty good. The action's really good in the show. Uh, the characters started to get more fleshed out uh, and it just started to it was turned into a pretty damn good show. 
um, that even while it was somewhat weak, you had uh, in terms of like pacing and all that, the characters were pretty good for the most part. Uh, we'll get into more discussion about that later. And just like it was like a pretty it turned into like, hey, this show could be really good. Uh, and like it ended on a pretty sound note. And seasons one and two, I think overall turned into, if you watch them together, turned into a really good package. Uh, that I think there's some weaknesses to it, but it's still pretty good. Um, it's, a, <laughs> as I said, interesting, so to speak. Care takes on the Belmont characters and just the other characters that show up in Castlevania 3, like Sifa, Alucard, even Dracula. Uh, like, I think that they're pretty good characters, and this is a pretty good show. Um, whether or not I think it's like, I, I feel like it could have done a lot better, but for what we have, I think from Castlevania season one and two, I think they are in fact pretty decent shows or together are a pretty decent series. Uh, if I personally were to uh, give it a ranking, I would think maybe, uh, I would think somewhere about um, maybe four or five is where I'm kind of personally thinking with this. Uh, so uh, that's in general what I thought about it. Uh, let's go ahead and ask Bob what they uh, thought about uh, Castlevania season one and two. All right. I am ready to tell you all about what I think, because I have opinions. All right. Uh, so uh, I <laughs> I take it as you are a regular on Hardcore Gaming 101. I take it your familiarity of Castlevania is pretty good. The games or the show? Uh, I'd say the games. <sighs> I got mixed opinion to say the least i have a lot of what you call hot takes but yeah they're all right generally i mean the fact i'm saying all right should say a lot but so but in general you are familiar with the castlevania games i'd say so yeah okay so let's just kind of go through i got some set questions for all of the other uh commentators here so uh what was your general impressions of the first two seasons well, I kind of prefer season one, to be honest, because uh, season one, there's a lot more going on. They do a lot more in setting up the characters, the general conflict, and, you know, having a lot of locations and action and just generally things happening. The problem is season two kind of has a lot less in the way of locations to kind of focus on just a handful of places and the characters are more or less just kind of hanging out until like the very tail end of the second season and to be fair that tail end is pretty good but it takes so long to get there and it feels like there's barely anything happening to get to that point so i would definitely prefer the first season overall all right and uh season two you thought was just kind of okay very slow just kind of okay yeah all right um, what are your thoughts on, like, the general tone of, like, the show as given by the first two seasons? Well, I think you're right. I think I agree with you. It's a, it's a very gross show. It's a very nasty, grody show. Kind of unpleasant overall because of all the violence. This show really focuses in on its violence, for better or worse. And it's, it's a lot to deal with. It's a... Kind of not quite point you don't really care anymore because the characters are kind of 
not quite unlikable. I will say that much, but uh, I would not blame anybody for bowing out from the show just with how nasty it is. All right. Um, what are your thoughts on like the general writing? So I've always had a thought about this show, and uh, I hope this illustrates things very well. This show feels like an adapt- adaptation of somebody's tabletop campaign that happens to be themed for Castlevania. Everybody in this show kind of feels like they are playing somebody and, you know, just making a lot of jokes. It's a very quippy show, and especially the main cast loves to quip at each other, which kind of gives me that feel. I wouldn't say it's too egregious. There are some lines I thought were pretty good, but I think you do kind of need that because, I mean, it does kind of balance out the journal glumness of it, if that's the word. And uh, I think the writing is pretty okay, especially when it gets emotional. There are some... The show does get emotional at some points, and when it does, it actually does that pretty well. So I can't really fault the writing at all. All right. Uh, what do you think about uh, everything else, like animation, like combat, like the other aspects of the show? I thought the animation was really good. I, I couldn't. I don't really know how other people think it compares with a lot of other shows of its style and of the time, but especially the fight scenes. It generally does very good fight scenes, and anytime there's a lot of gore, for better or worse, it animates that especially well. All right. Uh, any other thoughts about anything specific? Well, I haven't watched seasons three and four yet. I will say that I'm planning on it at some point, even if I hear they got a lot worse. Um, honestly, though, I will say I kind of feel like uh, you don't really need to. Okay, maybe that's wrong. I felt like where I left off for a while on season two, the penultimate episode, that felt like a pretty good place to stop. If I had stopped there, I feel like I would have been satisfied. I did eventually watch that last episode, but I kind of feel like I almost lost something from that, just because you kind of lose that nice lack of a closure. You get a lack of closure for that new episode, I should say. And I think that's all I have to say on that. Alright. Uh, so in that case, uh, what ranking would you give the combined seasons one and two? I'm gonna say let's And it be, could also be arranged, by the way. Let's be maybe let's be nice, but maybe not quite as nice as you and say seven or eight. Alright. Okay. So uh let's uh with that out of the way, let's go ahead and uh talk about uh let's talk with X about what they have to say about this. Hello. Hi, I'm X. Yes. So um, actually, what is your, uh, what is your, um, familiarity with Castlevania? Okay, so, uh, I haven't played every Castlevania, but I'm pretty deeply familiar with this series. I've played most of the mainline ones. Uh, I had the, uh, that special PSP one, I think that was Rondo of Blood packaged it, with, with the yes. symphony. I had that and played the crap out of that, um, Beat the absolute shit out of Symphony multiple times. Uh, played the PS2 one, so I I'd like to say I'm quite familiar, although not you know deep into the lore and story and all that. So would you have played Curse of Darkness by chance? I tried to play a little bit of it, and I just bounced real hard off of it. Okay, but so I, I kind of not... know the I know the stuffs. Okay, so but in, in general, you're not 
super like familiar. Like you, you're familiar with like Curse of Darkness, but in yes. particular, you're probably not super familiar with Castlevania Three and Curse of Darkness. Well, I, I'm familiar. Are... I'm, I'm familiar with the mainline stuff. It's just Curse of Darkness was one of the ones where it's like, nah, this isn't for me. All right. So, a passing foot, like, yeah. So you kind of know at least a little bit of going into this about what this show covers. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. So, what were your impressions of the first two seasons of Castlevania? Oh, goodness me. Okay. So, uh, I guess we could start with, with quote-unquote season one. And I say that because um, most... Most shows that start off nowadays tend to do like a, a six to ten episode run for a first season. And that's usually just to kind of establish the show, the characters, and, and in some ways sort of test to see, if, you know, do people really like this and should we do more? And then they build upon that and they get more episodes a season, things like that. Um, honestly, now that I think about it, not many shows do the full 24 nowadays like you'd get from a lot of the shows back then. But I digress. So... When Castlevania Season 1 was announced, uh, I think they also announced it was only going to be a four-episode run, which was already not the best of signs, because that's really... It felt a lot like... Just that announcement alone, not even getting to the show, the announcement alone, the idea that it would just be a four-episode run, really felt like they didn't have a lot of confidence in the product, and they were hoping it would garner just enough... Uh, attention to get them greenlit for this for a second season and possibly beyond. So when it finally came out, uh, the animation was great. Animation quality of this, and then this is just going to be sort of a straight through. All four seasons of this have a great animation quality. Um, and then it introduces us to the main story. Uh, Dracula's wife gets murdered because the church are fucking assholes, which tracks, yeah. Um, and then a year later, he returns to basically bring all of his monsters upon the world and wipe everything out. Uh, basically, just it, it starts off as sort of a revenge, but Jen just becomes more of a, a very petty, uh, very tantrumish sort of uh, assault on the world. Uh, but that's that's for a little bit later. So episodes season one doesn't do a very good job of establishing the show. I, I, I did not feel it did a good enough job establishing the characters, establishing their, their motives fully, uh, really giving us any kind of investment in, uh, what is it, Wallacaria, I believe it was? Uh, Wallachia, I believe. Wallachia, Wallachia. Uh, Wallachia, that's right, Wallachia. I knew it was one of those. Anyway. So it doesn't really give us a lot to work with. It just goes, okay, here's your main character, here's your secondary main character, and they go on for a while, and then at the end, here's your third main character, end of end of season, what do you think? And it really like if you're going to do that, it's it's not necessarily a bad thing, you know, at a base level, you know, to have four episodes in a season. That's okay, but you got to do something with that. And I felt like the only time the show really did anything with itself in the the end of the uh, was the end of the first season, the, the fourth episode, uh, and that was mostly just the the library sections with uh, Trevor and Sypha, because it actually helped develop the characters and their relationship to one another, as well as to establish an actual rapport between them. Um, and that scene, those scenes alone were like the best part of that entire season. 
because it had more more depth to it than everything else did. Everything else is like, oh, you know, Trevor's all blah, 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 blah. And uh, the monsters are roaming. Everybody's unhappy. And then there's and then it, it, it also kind of leans a little too far into um, it's a very grimdark show. It's very grimdark. And one of the things that a lot of these shows that do grimdark do, especially post-apocalyptic, is the mistreatment of women as society breaks down. And that gets brought up, I believe, uh, pretty quickly. And I th I'm pretty sure it was episode one. And it's, it's such an unnecessary thing because there's always this assumption that when society breaks down, one of the first things people are going to probably do is go on a full-on raping spree. Uh, or they'll use... I mean, like, I'm not saying it doesn't... It wouldn't happen, but... You don't have to go to that every time you do post-apocalyptic. You can focus on other aspects of the terribleness of humanity without having to do that. But that's also another digression and another topic I have an issue with when it comes to horror-related media. But um, we don't establish a whole hell of a lot with the characters outside the most basic aspects of them. And they don't feel fleshed out. It doesn't feel like the world is fleshed out. So season one just falls completely flat except for the, the library scenes with Trevor and Sypha. And then it ends with Alucard waking up and uh, the three of them going, hey, you know, we should probably kill your dad, Dracula. And Alucard's like, okay, yeah, yeah, that's right, okay. So season one, done. Season two, a lot stronger. There's still a little overgrim darking that the show does, but... It does introduce something interesting, and that is a completely different kind of Dracula than any other Dracula we've seen aside from Dracula dead and loving it. Um, and that is a Dracula who is tired. He is weary of his own uh, his own war. He starts this war with humanity because for a good reason, honestly, I'd wipe a whole group of people out if my wife got murdered brutally by by people. But anyway, so. At the point in the story where we see Dracula in season two, he's fucking checked out. He is so done with everything, but he continues it going out of principle, out of pride. And around him are the machinations of other vampires, particularly Camilla or Camilla, Camilla. I'll just go with Camilla. No, Camilla. So Camilla's, you know, running around trying to do stuff behind Dracula's back, but it doesn't matter because Dracula's checked out. He doesn't give a shit. It would have more weight if Dracula was a, a, aware and ready and, you know, trying to do all this stuff. But really, it's just kind of, it's kind of like, um, it's, it's, it's kind of like running past a Girl Scout uh, setup and just grabbing a box of, box of cookies and booking it down the street as fast as you can. It's, it's basically what Camilla does uh, throughout the, the series. Um, and but I like I liked sad Dracula. I like the idea of what if the villain, the ultimate villain, does what they they said they were going to do, but they find no pleasure in it. They find no joy in it. The very experience drains them to the point where everybody around them just does whatever the fuck they want. And I think that's a much more interesting take than what if Dracula's the ultimate evil badass on like we've seen in every single fucking Castlevania game. Uh, except for, like, I think there's a couple that don't have him as the uh, ultimate villain. But it's it's such a nice change of pace. It's just a shame that too much of the show is spent on the politics. There's not enough spent on the adventure and the journey. 
and it really tries to be more of a political, a, a weirdly vampiric political thriller than it is a, a, an action-adventure horror title. And I feel like if it was done with something else, it might have, it's, it's a very much like a number of different things that have come out. Uh, if, if Resident Evil by uh, Anderson came out and it wasn't called Resident Evil, it would have been a much better horror movie because it's not tied down to a property with pre-existing lore and, and expectations. Castlevania has a lot of the same problem. There's an interesting story being told, but it's being held down by its strong, if not complete connection to a pre-existing gaming franchise that has its own stories, lore, characters, motives, and so on. So they're already trying to adapt that and add some twists and turns to it, but they go and they add too much of the politics. That takes away from everything else that's going on. You know, if there was more emphasis on Sypha and Trevor and their, you know, their relationship as it grows, because it, I don't feel like it grew, grew quite organically. I feel like it just sort of like they're together. They, they meet up and then season two, they hang out and they, they, they you know, they, they fight evil. And then later seasons, you know, they're in love. Like there's really not much of a growth there that I felt from a, a, a writing perspective, from a character arc perspective. But since we're just talking about the first two, I'll try to stick to them. Uh, so season two is really just the two of them cop buddying up. And Alucard's there for the ride. Um, and Alucard, Alucard is interesting because he's not interesting. Alucard as a character in Symphony of the Night was campy because the whole game's campy. But he was still kind of interesting. He was rebellious. He had, you know, he had some emotion. And Alucard in this version is kind of a basic bitch, really. Just this pasty, I mean, he's going to be pasty, but it, it, it all kind of, it's just this boring, blint, you know, I'm super cool and sexy with my soft voice. And it's just, it, I feel like they could have done something cooler and more different with Alucard, but they went with the most obvious direction with him, and I, I, it wasn't that great, to be honest. Um, but it's Alucard. He's pro arguably one of the more popular characters in the franchise. Um, so, of course, they're not, they're not going to do anything but cool him up as much as they can. Um, what else? Uh, there is Godbrand, who was basically the comic relief for the four or five episodes he was allowed to live before being you know, completely destroyed. But it was great to have Peter Stormare. Peter Stormare is absolutely fantastic just about every single thing he does. He's just a really good actor. And he's so much fun to just listen to. Uh, and even doing voice acting, he can still chew a scene up completely. It's so good. Um, so there's a lot of good, there are good points to, to this. Uh, again, the animation's really great. Um, most of the voice acting is actually pretty spot on. Um, and I'd say overall it's good, but you can tell there's sort of a, they're not quite sure how far to take it. And sometimes they end up accidentally taking it a little too far. And then when they do that, they don't pull back and go, okay, hold on. Let's, let's find ourselves again. They just sort of go, oh, we went too far. Some could cause fallacy. Let's go farther, uh, which we'll see later on. Um, but overall, overall, if you put, seasons one and two together it's actually not bad 
But if you were to separate them, season one is such a low, low point. Um, it's not the lowest, but it's a low point uh, just from the start. Whereas two, it feels like they're starting to get into the flow of things. They're starting to actually build the characters up and starting to give everything a lot more depth, a lot more explanation, a lot more backstory and lore. Like they're, they're starting to build things up and move towards something interesting. However, a, a bit of that kind of falls apart at the end of season two because they kill Dracula. Alucard deals the, the fatal blow. And while that could have led to a much more interesting uh, soul searching kind of thing, holy shit, I just killed my father. Like that's that's a pretty big um, that's a pretty big uh, what you call it uh, conundrum or a word for that um, to have to deal with the 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 burden of that the the damage that that will cause. Um, and spoiler alert, they don't really do that. Um, but. It does kind of leave a weird feeling of, okay, well, where they, where can they take this with? Because Camilla is not a compelling villain. She's not that interesting. It's basically just, uh, it's girl boss, but in like the bad way. Like, like oh, you know, it, there was actually um, a good quote from her that was actually good, but uh, they, uh, they, um, I'm trying to put this thought into words because, uh, because the one the one thing she brings up about how uh, Dracula Dracula's uselessness has made the uh, vampiric uh, army kind of weak because he's just un incapable of following through. And she's fed up with, you know, the fact that a lot of the women vampires are basically subservient to the male vampires and they have their they have their own aspirations. They have their own ideas and they want to enact them. And she laments that the war is being run by incompetent men. And that's pretty great. But then, like, there's not much more ambition to her other than that. Like, Dracula's like, oh, I'm going to wipe out humanity. And then he's like, hmm, that's probably not a great idea. And then that, that's when he starts to retreat into, you know, his fugue. But with Cam Camilla, it's just a one direction thing. I'm going to wipe out humanity. Well, what are you going to do after that? I'm going to wipe out humanity. Like... There's so much more depth that she could have been given, and she wasn't given enough. So it just tried to rest entirely on the badass female character. But there wasn't much more there, at least in my opinion. I could be totally wrong on this assessment of it. But from what I got of it, it, it they didn't really give her enough depth. Uh, and that actually does happen to a number of characters. Uh, particularly, I want to say Hector. Um... Hector does not Hector just gets a rough ride throughout the entire series and it's very boring like very quickly becomes super boring and um I don't feel like Isaac's arc really lands anywhere but again those are things that to say now but also uh come back to later cuz that we come full circle um it, 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 that's the big problem with is there's some characters who get really decent arcs who get uh, some really great scenes, some really good dialogue. And then there's some characters who are just there for you to watch them get the shit kicked out of them. And that's it. Like they have no real value or purpose to the story. And it's weird that they did that because I, I just don't, I, it just doesn't work well with what they were doing. Sometimes it feels like they might be trying a few too many storylines and, you know, they just drop the ball. But um, 
if I were to give an overall summary, uh, an overall summary, if I were to give like it just a, a quick review is that it's a, sl- it's a slow and rough start, but starts to pick up uh, in the second season. All right. Uh, so in that case, uh, what rankings would you give uh, the combined seasons one and two? Yeah, com- combined, I'd, combined for this, I'd put it at nine. All right. If you wanted them separately, uh, one is a 20. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it ain't good. It's not. All right. Well, uh, with that, uh, let's go ahead and get... Once I figure out where my things are. There you are. All right, well, let's figure that out. Um, let's go ahead and get Torpo Slots on Castlevania Seasons 1 and 2. Hello. Hi. So... Uh, you are generally familiar with uh, Castlevania, correct? Correct. I've played a lot of them, yes. Yeah. So uh, you are generally familiar with the lore that this is based on, right? Uh, yes. Yeah. Um, so with that in mind, uh, what do you think about the first two seasons? That's a lot. So to clarify, uh, I'm, I myself am not going off of memory today. I watched all of them as a refresher and i'll Uh start off by saying the first season is four episodes long and i would argue for what it did that's too many yeah i also didn't call it a season either that might as well they might have like should have tied that in together as one thing it was it was a arc that was longer than it needed to be in a way that was not in any way satisfying uh, in the entire first four episodes, which which are the 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 season one, basically the entire thing is just fuck the church. It yeah. does nothing with Dracula. The Belmont fucking Trevor isn't using anything for way. Sif isn't. It's just all about the church and being edgy to the point where at one point, one of like the most fucking ham-fisted scenes I've ever seen in a show in my life. Uh, is a demon talking with a priest about how corrupt he is and how God has left that place. And it was... Oh. Oh. It was awful. To, to clarify, once I, I forgot to mention this. I like the show. I enjoy it. But it could be better, is kind of the issue. I say that definitely the first season, but also 100% the second season, which also has no concept of pacing. Neither season does, but especially not the second. I, I, I did some some numbers while I was uh, watching through, and it's it's kind of amazing how much of the uh, the second season just has nothing to do with the Belmonts at all. Yep, and it's just this weird attempt at also tying in other games, and it's just it's super clumsy. There's some good shot. There's some good. Fu- that is the thing. The writing, take it or leave it. There's some good jokes here and there. But a lot of it's just kind of ham-fisted or edgy. And then the the actual animation's solid, and the the fight scenes are really good. Really good. That's, that's my opinion on the first two seasons. Yeah. Actually, might as well get this question out of the way, since to go a little bit elaborate on it. Uh, what are your thoughts on the writing of the first two seasons? Oh, boy. I like Trevor. I like Sifa. They're fun characters. Everything else, not not as much. I kind of like the Dracula, but the Alucard is an edge lord. He's he's a petulant child. He is just an angry teen throughout the entire thing, and it's tiresome and not what Alucard ever was. 
Like, because well, Alucard was always pretty level-headed, well-spoken, all that. This was just kind of angry at, at Trevor, and that's it. It, the thing that, and we have not discussed this show on Media Delta for maybe certain reasons, like that's bad. Uh, but the thing that Alucard's personality in this reminded me of was he is basically they made him dress up like the Castlevania Alucard, which they got pretty much right. Except then they made him act like the Captain N version of Alucard, but without the skateboard. It's just more cursing. Uh, yeah, it's it's frustrating. Yeah, it's it's also like once again talking about the writing. The pacing is abysmal in every way, shape, and form. Holy fuck, the pacing is bad. It is absolutely atrocious how bad the pacing is. Because, as I said, the first episode, the, the first season is four episodes. They don't even leave the same town that really has no purpose. It, it doesn't matter. But it's just there to say, hey, church bad, as well as go... Also, this is why this entire thing is happening, which, like, I don't care. <laughs> I don't need to know tra Dracula's tragic backstory, and even then it didn't need to take an entire episode and then still expound on it more in later episodes. Yeah. Like, uh, season two starts with a solid eight minutes of more of Dracula's tragic backstory, which is what we already knew, but drawn out. Uh-huh. Which is specifically the murder of his wife. <sighs> It is a show that has no concept of what to do with its time in uh, to start with. That is, once again, the first season, which is just about how angry Warren Ellis is about the church, how incredibly fucking angry Warren Ellis is about the church and nothing else. It has you could skip the first season and miss nothing aside from how Trevor and Sifa meet and how they meet Alucard. But really, you don't need to know that. Um, and then season two uh i never did i never crunched the numbers but to, to go over it really quickly at how bad it is with pacing uh where did i write them down so i i did i did numbers of like the, the amount of time spent on the vampire politics which are pretty widely regarded as the least fucking interesting thing possible in relation to how much time is spent with the belmont crew and, and to give a quick rundown, going from episodes one to eight, uh, these are vampire politics slash uh, Belmonts. In terms of minutes, it is 19 to five in the first episode, 11 to 13 in the second, 14 to 10 in the third, 19 to four in the fourth, 16 to five in the fifth, eight to 15 in the sixth, two to 23 in the seventh, and... 12 to 15 in the last one. Yeah, it's it it really did not need to be that that ratio way balances. It, it is way out of balance. It, it felt like they were padding because they didn't know what to do with their time. Yeah, which like there's an entire adventure through the fucking castle that you could have done more with, but they yeah, didn't. <laughs> if you know, actually, now that I think about it, what would have been a much more interesting take on Castlevania and what it should be, what if you did the raid, but Castle? Yeah. Or like that Dread movie, but Castlevania. Like, that there's would have a been lot more to the castle. There's so much yeah. to the castle. 
It is a creature of chaos. <laughs> it has so many different environments and settings in it. But actually, they do nothing with the castle. There is... The, the only things that happen within the castle, action-wise, are in the foyer. <laughs> yeah. Literally is... the entrance to the castle, aside from the fight with Dracula, which goes through a few rooms, but those are mostly bedrooms. Block 1-2 from the first Castlevania is where the entirety of the action takes place. It's so frustrating how poorly realized, really, it is. Speaking of things they didn't use from the game, let's talk about the music! Yeah, they, they used a grand total of a song. One song. From Castlevania, a series that is known for its music. And I can't even remember, like, the music in the rest of the show is not... It's pretty bog-standard orchestral shit. Yeah. It's it's very standard, but it was really, really nice when they did their rendition of uh, Bloody Tears during the climax of Season 2. Yeah. It was great! And then they never do... Spoilers, they never do anything with it in Seasons 3 or 4, either. Yeah. That, that that might as well just be something we're going to get out of the way for season three and four because it's not like there's got there's other stuff to talk about. There's so much to talk, but yeah. So that is that is actually a consistent issue is how little they actually do with the source material, and it's very much more like Warren Ellis writing Castlevania fan fiction. Yeah, I will say though the one thing that I did forget, or one thing that they did do, I think in season one. Uh, there was that segment that was in a clock tower style environment. That's about it. Yup, that's that's about it. Because hey, Dracula's gears and shit. Castle Cagliostro is more of a Castlevania. I mean, oh, also Dracula. the controller for the castle was the save thing from. Uh, Ooh, right. the night. Yeah, I forgot about that. Yeah, I, I don't know, man. It's just. It is the purest form of wasted potential and instead just used to anywhere from edgy shit to uh, fucking Warren Ellis to soapbox about the church. Yeah, like what were your thoughts on the general tone? Like the whole, like... <sighs> I like Trevor, I like Sifa. Everything else is a bit much, ranging from super edgy to just kind of dumb. Carmilla fucking sucks so much. Yeah. Godbrand gets fucking jobbed in the fourth, no, like the third episode, even though he, for one scene, is the most interesting character. His one. other scenes are more vampire politics, so who gives a shit, but what was I going to say? Um. Also, to give you another idea as to how bad the pacing is, uh, season four, they spend four episodes in the Belmont Library. There's a really, really cool fight at the end of it, but... Oh, you, you mean at the end of season two? Season two, season two. Yeah, I meant season two. Sorry. In season two, uh, they they have four episodes spent in the Belmont I, Library. I forgot. Four. I can't remember now if it's later season or not. Is this where they tie into Leon? Yes, where there's a portrait of Leon and they mention that he is the progenitor of the Belmont clan. Yeah. OK, I couldn't it's, remember if that was later on. That's why they, they never actually address the fact that the Belmonts are French. Yeah. <laughs> but uh. Yeah, it's 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 just it's frustrating. It's frustrating and I feel like there were better writers who could have done the job. And unfortunately the pacing is atrocious because basically it felt more like so little was happening early like so, ha- so little was happening in the library 
specifically so they could have more vampire politics. Uh-huh. <sighs> Fuck me. I do okay. I there's a lot I dislike about the 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 vampire politics. I do kind of like depressed angry Dracula, but also more importantly, Isaac is the most interesting character to come out of it. Hector yes. is a miserable sop huge into femdom, but Isaac is actually pretty interesting and he goes places. Yes. Later. He goes Later, places. unfortunately. But I still think he's decent in season uh two. Yeah. He's also the one who jobs uh Godbrand, who's voiced by Peter Stormare. And this show has reminded me that I don't like Peter Stormare's voice. <laughs> there's there's I... one part where he sounds exceptionally checked out. There, yes, I remember us having a discussion about that, and just you like, like clip that and listening to it is like you can hear his clench, his clenching that Jack Daniels bottle. Yeah, it was uh, it was rough. Uh, it's yeah, not terrible. In, in general, his delivery is good, but just like when his when he's talking the vampire politics, I oh, oh. you can yeah. also skip the vamp. I, I learned this. Because I've seen this before. I've seen this before. This is a refresher. You can skip the vampire politics and, in my opinion, miss nothing. Yeah. <laughs> having having cut up those episodes myself. Yeah. All right. Uh, so with that, uh, what is your general ranking for seasons one and two combined? Okay. So once again, I need to emphasize, I did enjoy this. I enjoyed this show quite a bit. It's just the frustration of knowing it could be better, and I'm really hopeful for the next series, which is being done by different people. So I would say probably like a six, five, seven, somewhere around there, five to seven. Five to seven? Yeah, I think that's 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 about right for me. All right. So uh, I guess with that out of the way, uh, let's go ahead and get everyone in so we can discuss some uh, key points about this this series. In particular, these first two seasons. All right. So now that we are all here, um, let's kind of talk about before we actually give this set of ranking. Uh, let's kind of go over some uh, key points. Uh, namely, let's have a quick discussion about uh, the heroes, quote unquote, of the show. Uh, in particular, you know, the, really, in this case, it's the trio of Trevor, Sifa and Alucard. Um, General impressions I'm getting is that Trevor is pretty decent as a Sifa. Uh, Alucard, mm, maybe not so much. Alucard is kind of a big reason why the show is kind of just a little bit miserable. The the you... thing that I, when I brought, was talking with Torpo about it, and it's the thing that I, my personal take on Alucard uh, about this uh, is... Um, the thing with Alucard in the show is that his personality in this reminds me of basically they dressed him up really close to the games or like the games Alucard and then gave him the personality of the Captain N Alucard, but made him swear more <laughs> instead of a skateboard. He, he really it, does come off as an angry teen. He's just he's needlessly antagonistic the whole way through, especially compared to actual Alucard in the series, who's very well spoken, very level headed, just. An all all run pretty decent guy, and also like from a, from a vocal standpoint, Alucard's so boring. He has the absolute most boring uh, like uh, uh, expressions of the the three main characters. He doesn't really emote much, and.
and when it does, it's just petulant anger. It's 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 there's no it doesn't feel like there's much depth to him as a character other than well, it's Alucard. You remember him from Symphony of the Night? He's cool, and that that's pretty much it. No, I like this Alucard in his ASMR ass voice. <laughs> yeah, like even in like um like Robert Belgrade in Symphony of the Night, uh, his performance was like it was like kind of level spoken but it was when he wanted to he could do do some emoting like in particular during the succubus fight um like he can get like decent emotion out of it and it's not it feels like in this show and i don't know if it's the right word he feels petulant in this show like he doesn't feel like he feels like a teenager which is he yeah he's younger but he it it's kind of frustrating how much of a child he acts like. I guess what the point is, where I'd say he just didn't, he doesn't have a lot of energy to him. Does that sound about right? Uh, the, the, He's got I would a lot say, of angry baby energy. Yeah, yeah. The, the energy, it's the wrong energy. And, more... and it, it kind of undercuts his fight with, with Dracula, his dad, because this is supposed to be, you know, a son essentially being forced to take his own father out. And any any kind of like... Uh, drama between that is just destroyed by the fact that he's just an angry teen, but he's a vampire. So you know, I, I'd like argue it's old. like more an issue. He's a damp here. Thank you. Yeah, I'd more issue, more an issue <laughs> of the fact that he doesn't react to his mur- having to murder his dad. Right. Yeah. Like that's is, supposed- the emotions are completely one sided in the huge climax, which is the fight between them and Dracula. That's what I was. I said in my 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 section was is that you know, him killing Dracula should be this, but he's his he's his son. This is his family. This is his father, and in order to save the world, he's got to kill his own father, and that could lead to some seriously good drama. And they're like, oh, but what if he just doesn't react to it? You know, it's like well, that's that's the weird thing is all of the emotion is one sided. Dracula has a literal breakdown when he realizes he's, he's killing his kid. Yeah, I mean, doesn't doesn't like he have a like like he has like uh like a small moment in like the last episode, if I remember correctly, of season two, right? Where it's it's no no not the last it's episode seven actually. He's dead oh. by the time eight eight is an epilogue. No, I might add. Yeah, Alucard. Yeah. Alucard. Alucard. Yes, he he cries at the very end because he's sad and alone in his dad's castle. To be honest, I'd call like that like the standout point of the season. Like, I was trying not to get into spoilers, but the show actually does okay when it gets emotional. That's actually like one of the most memorable parts of the season. Oh, definitely. Yeah. It's that, just and, the actual fight is very one-sided in terms of emotion. Yeah. It's, I mean, it's kind I, of more my issue. The, the, the like, I'd say 95% of Alucard's time is spent not really being all that interesting. And then you finally get just that bit at the end, it's like, you could have done this for the whole season. It'd be much more interesting. But on the opposite side of it, there's Dracula, who is, as I said, is in my bit, is the one of the more interesting takes on Dracula I've seen. I, in. I was going to say, I do like him. I do like him a lot. Unfortunately, is everything around him. Yes, exactly. But if you, if you just focus on him, if, you, if you're only able to focus on him, uh, you could see how, like, 
he's a much more nuanced Dracula versus just, oh, he sucks blood. But like, this is one that's got emotion. He's worn the fuck down. Like his entire campaign against humanity has dragged on for so long and has drained him and his resources so much. And at the point that we see him in two, he's like, man, I'm so fucking done with this, but I can't stop because, you know, you know, pride and all that. But it's so great to see him sort of like beaten down already. And then the final fight against him, he's got to pick himself back up and, you know, actually fight again. But then he realizes that he's basically killing his child and, you know, his his love and affection for his wife, you know, into this child and basically like that's that's so cool that's cool it's it's such a good dramatic like turn for this character so cool that he's killing his kid yeah it's awesome it's radical man no but it's it's a great dramatic turn for the character and it's just frustrating because like you said everything around it yeah well it's it's why i mentioned actually in in my bit i really like the angry depressed dracula because he's a little bit relatable, but also <laughs> I mean, a little bit. <laughs> it's kind of what makes sense, right? This basically immortal guy who just has this big grudge over one thing and just can't let it go. It's That's like so like that was kind of the big thing too. It's that he was never that interested in it in the first place. It's something he did in a fit of anger and yeah. then just kind of was all in. Right, but then, like, once the anger dissipated, he realized it was nothing, but he was, like like you said, it, he was some kind of fa- cause fallacy. He's already in it so deep. You just keep it going, but he's so tired. You could tell he's just so fucking tired of it. He was, yeah, I... Ugh. Yeah. Which makes all of the card all the more frustrating, because his dad is this really deep and nuanced character, and all the card is, hey, it's all the card for Symphony of the Night. Any depth he gets is literally at the end. Where yes. he fucking breaks down, but otherwise, yeah. Where it is like Trevor and Sifa go through a lot, mm-hmm. like a lot, a lot emotionally. Might I yep. add, really quick, their voice actors are incredible. They are. Yes. They, they, they are so good. Um, yeah, because I believe um, uh, Robert Armitage uh, did a really good job uh, as uh, or as Richard Armitage, uh, who did a really good job as uh, Trevor. Uh, I apparently he's done stuff beforehand. I this is the first time I've heard uh, his voice, and he did like say I'll say like I'm not a huge fan of well if I find it weird what they did with Trevor in this, but what I cannot say is that Richard Armitage did not do a damn good job for what they did for Trevor. Um, also, uh, Sifa's uh, voice actress is also um. From what I remember, did not do a whole lot before this. Uh, like Winx Club, I think is like the only thing <laughs> that's like. I mean, that's that's pretty. That's it, pretty. Uh... It's also the it's also the thing of like I love it when this credit's given in that uh, and Red Dead Redemption Two. She is the local pedestrian population. The entire <laughs> one. Uh, also, um, oh oh wait, that's not. Well, that okay. I thought that was near automata. No, that's not near automata. Um, also, that was after this, and with IMDb is weird when it comes to uh things. Um, but uh, yeah, she wasn't in a whole lot before this, uh, but she did a damn good job of this. Yeah. I mean, the both the both characters had incredibly good chemistry, and honestly. Uh, spoilers for the rest of them, but I think they're the two best characters in the whole damn series. 
Uh-huh. And their back and forths were always entertaining I mean, and interesting. I kind of alluded this before, but I think like the whole back and forth between the main cast is for like the best part of this show. Because uh, I was saying before, it kind of gives me the vibe of, like a tabletop group, like of a people just very familiar with each other. So people have a lot of chemistry and know how to bounce off each other. Uh, Does that seem about that, right? I can see yeah. that. Yeah, no, it's no, also, I definitely agree. Yeah, uh, it's, it's also funny because uh, actually going to Alec, since it's part of the trio, uh, Alucard's voice actor. Um, also, I should I should uh, particularly call out uh, Ale- uh Let's see, Ale- Alejandra. Re- I feel bad because I'm going to mispronounce his name. Alejandro uh, Reynoso. What character uh, is this? Uh, the voice of voice actress for Sifa uh, did a particularly good job uh, as her, but also. Uh, James Callis, who did Alucard, um, did not like did a pretty like did he did a good job. Like I don't think the voice actor it did. No, it was I, it I was the writing. writing. ASMR Alucard was perfectly fine. It's actually kind of interesting that um, a majority. Of, it's <laughs> like the the disparity between like known actors and non known actors are pretty. Good. Like Richard Armitage has been in notable uh, things about that. Um, Bill Nighy was in this. Oh, nope. Uh, he is in the later bit. Uh, thank yeah. you, IMDb, for not sorting this right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, we no, don't but... need to spoil that Malcolm McDowell's in the next season. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I mean, I mentioned it. Uh, I'm, not, I'm sure I'm not the only one. Maybe I was the only one. But uh, Peter Stormare is in season two. I feel like that is like the one thing that people bring up about season two is like, oh shit, Stephen Godbrand, yeah, Stephen Dormare. Godbrand's goddamn amazing. Yeah. No, he isn't though. You remember the one good scene, but you forget the vampire politics where you just get to I'm, hear Peter Stormare's funny accent talk about fucking vampire bullshit for God knows how long. <laughs> I am honestly trying to remember what Godbrand actually did in this show because I don't he remember. Had- a dream where he was cool and said a funny thing and then got jobbed by Isaac. He sucked and died. That's he yes. literally <laughs> sucked and died. See, I told you so much of season two is just nothing until also, the last yeah. episodes. Also, I do want to point out one thing, uh, apparently, uh, is that uh, I found out that apparently in, it's going to be interesting because apparently in Nocturne, which is the next series uh, of this, uh, apparently, they got the original voice actor of Alucard uh, in the Japanese version to do Alucard. Ooh, where he also does nice because he also the person who did that also did like Zero from Mega Man mm. in there. So it's Aww. like, yeah, they did. They got Nocturne of the Moonlight had a lot better voice cast than Symphony Night did. Um, but regardless, um, yeah, I think that the voice actors did a damn good job. Like yeah. I can say across the board, did a really. Good I would job. say even as much as I dislike Carmilla, her voice actress did a great. Yeah, job. let's actually go. Let's actually switch over to not necessarily because I think we talked about Dracula enough. Uh, and actually, I think this is probably just going to be a conversation about Carmilla because, boy howdy, uh, if there's a character I dislike most in this show, and not even like the reason that you're sh- you're supposed to dislike a villain, I, I I don't know. I don't know if y'all she's agree with me on this. I think she's she's terribly so written. She's so one dimensional. She like, is a so straw completely... man made by Warren Ellis. Let's be real here, everyone. I mean, that's true. And also, like going like straight from Dracula to her is just such a drop in quality. 
because yeah. she she's she's fucking she woman man hater club kind of levels of ridiculous. Yeah, it's, pretty much. It's hey, yeah. what if we? It is like it's almost like SEO like creation for a character of like hey, <laughs> like hey lesbian vampire, d- d- whatever like blood d- girl boss gatekeep. Yeah, literally that though she is gatekeep gaslight girl boss that is her entire shtick actually like the one i mentioned in my bit the one scene where she laments how dracula is basically just completely washed up he's not helping the the cause and you know i forget the exact line but i think it had something to do with she's tired of of you know petulant men uh you know and things like that and in that context of that scene it's actually pretty good but then when you look at the overall the overall series as well as ellis in general you see how it's it's actually meant to be like it's him projecting his hatred of women onto this one character and it fucking sucks because she could have been a, a much more compelling and interesting you know foil to dracula if we had had dracula throughout the series but then, you know, we leave Dracula to pick her up, but she has no development. There's nothing to her. It's just so, an incel's idea of a woman. Yeah, to clarify for those, I, I don't know if I mentioned it earlier, but Warren Ellis is a sex pest. This is confirmed. This is well known. This came out yeah. during the fourth season of the show, actually. Mm. Um, yeah, and also to also clarify, uh, Val Carmilla Carolla is based off of uh, like an actual thing. If I One remember of the correctly. most famous vampires, noted lesbian vampire, Carmilla. So yeah. yeah, like there is, there's precedent. Like she wasn't just made for this. And also she has, yeah, but, she was like what, the boss in Castlevania that no one remembers. Cause the, she's she, the lady she was, hangs out on the floating skull. And she's, she came out in two. She's the face in two. Yeah. It's, Which, it's, I, I can understand why Pringer, but also I feel like they, it was like, like almost like a rub hands moment of like, uh, hey, I can do something good, quote unquote good with this. so much also... better you can do with the OG sapphic vampire, yeah. Carmilla. Well, like, the yeah. other thing too is just you, once you figure, find out who Ellis is, everything about the series, uh, everything wrong with the series kind of helps make sense. I will, I will, I'm going to kneecap the, like, any following discussion because we need to talk about it for three. But yeah, it may, we have a, yeah. this comes not, a lot more. not going to go any further, but. Yeah, in three, like three and four, it. Yeah. Mm. Also, so, but, so also yeah. to, to clarify, yeah. there's nobody else to talk about with vampire politics, uh, setting aside the Forge Masters because they are beasts all their own. There's a bunch of vampires that appear during vampire politics time, but don't matter and get killed in an instant. Yeah. yeah. And um, ultimately, uh, the, the politics don't fucking matter anyway, because Dracula's already pretty much out of commission, and they're all running around like they're doing this behind his back. He doesn't care. He's not And then they get ripped to shreds. Yes, And they get ripped to shreds. Exactly. None of it goes anywhere. They're just there to be fighting fodder, more or less. Yeah. Like, like it's, Carmilla it's just, even attempts a coup at the end that fails because matter. the main cast teleports away the castle, so it didn't matter. Yeah, it, it didn't matter anyway, be, and again, because Dracula's dead, so, like, the coup didn't fucking matter. Like, 
all the politics wouldn't have been quite so bad if it had some weight and had some actual effect on the plot. It's the most just that, there to drag it along. The most that comes out of it is that we learn that Hector's big into femdom and gets collared by Carmilla. That's that's more of a discussion for three. Like that is starts yeah. here, it gets worse. Yeah. So so basically, they're two Forge Masters. They're carryovers from what is it? Lament of Curse Innocence. Of, it's Curse of Darkness. Is it Curse was of it, Darkness? Okay. I thought, that, I thought one was Lament of Innocence. Or they Lament. Both? So Lament of Innocence was Leon. Is that Leon? Leon. Okay. Yeah. Lament of Innocence. Uh, let me double check, but I can almost mm-hmm. guarantee you that Lament of Innocence is Leon, which. Um, you get seen a portrait. Portrait. Yes, that's Leon. Uh, Curse of Darkness is the pseudo sequel that to uh, three. That is where Hector and Isaac came from. That yeah. I've never played, yeah. but yeah, uh, it's very good. I might add, <laughs> but yeah, it's it's it's. So they they both get their own thing. Uh, Isaac is a forge master who's big in the flagellation and very much cares deeply about Dracula and believes in him to the core. And this sets him up for being a very interesting character and where he goes in the next seasons. Yeah. I I still say he is the more interesting one as opposed to Hector, who is basically constantly lamenting his station and how awful his childhood was, which it was. But he he uses that as his excuse to side with Dracula, as well as later Carmilla, because he's very easily taken advantage of. Uh Uh-huh. He's also very one note too, because that's his whole existence in the show is the whipping boy. He's he's there for you to just watch him be brutalized, and he'll cry about it, and that's about it. Like there's this yeah. nothing to his character. He has no spine. Yeah. But uh, whereas Isaac literally kills Godbrand, he fucking jobs the shit out of Godbrand, and it's. As much as it see- sucks to see Godbrand go, it's kind of cool seeing Isaac fuck him up that good. Look, like, Peter it sets Isaac is up- probably very expensive. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> but but it sets up Isaac to be an actual force to be reckoned with opposite of Hector, who's fucking useless. But yeah, so there's there's those two, which ultimately Dracula throws Isaac through a mirror into the desert to free him. And Hector ends up stuck collared by Carmilla in where they were going to stage the coup. And- yeah. Yeah, that's that's basically everything for vampire politics. As I said, there's a lot of faces, a lot of supposedly powerful vampires who appear, but mm-hmm. are ultimately utterly slaughtered in the first 10 minutes of the seventh episode. You know what this show really needs? It needs like a fan edit. I think this show would do would be really good with like a strong fan edit. I mean, yeah, mine would just have all of Hector's parts cut out. <laughs> I mean, so. I mentioned before, but aside from a little bit of context for Isaac, you can mostly skip out on all the vampire politics. Yeah. Because, like, anything involving Hector is set up for the next season. Anything else with Carmilla constantly bitching doesn't matter. And nobody else matters. Godbrand gets fucking jobbed and ultimately doesn't have any purpose other than to be Godbrand, I guess. Yeah. I feel like they built him up to be a character that was like, hey, this is going to be a fan favorite character. And then yeah. they kill him off in like the they third kill him off because oh shit we can't have spear storm <laughs> we need Malcolm other we need... Now, Malcolm McDowell on the other hand look Malcolm <laughs> McDowell good actor I bet you he's not expensive <laughs> I'll do that for a dollar I literally I'm pretty certain that Malcolm McDowell's been on record that he just does whatever because he can get whatever money he wants no that's it's oh oh it's the uh the the what is it the uh, uh, Willem Dafoe school of thought or yeah. the 
or no that or the john carpenter hey what do you feel about royalties or whatever it is where you are well enough off in your career and financially that you can do whatever the fuck you want i put yeah. out my hand and a check appears yeah that's specifically for halloween <laughs> yeah but still it's 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 life goals yes but yeah so i yeah. Uh, as i said it's it's kind of a shame how much time is wasted yeah, yeah. uh because i mentioned in my end the pacing in this is atrocious just absolutely atrocious yeah i think we should actually probably move on to like that because it's like yeah i think universally the pacing is bad like i don't even know if we need to have a discussion so i think everyone brought that up that the pacing really sucks uh Elliot, especially starting out it gets better but the seventh episode is the best episode because shit always happens mm. yes uh, uh, or and, I, I also like the, uh, the the raid on the library was also very good. Yes. Shame you spent four episodes like, there. That was my yeah. favorite. My, my favorite part of the fourth episode was was the library, like the whole fight scenes in that. Like I felt like I felt like it was a, it, it was well paced, but also I feel like it was the strongest point for both Trevor and Sypha in this season because it really kind of bonds them together and it really showcases their chemistry probably the best yeah. of the scenes yeah whereas alucard is there third wheeling so hard <laughs> yeah also also it's hey he, he, here's the vampire killer yeah yeah uh, or morning star as it's called it, in this in some game killer. <laughs> it, to be fair not vampire all killer. games call it the vampire killer but it's vampire killer also if you're gonna uh, <laughs> <laughs> whatever i was gonna say if you're going to call it the morning star you're not even calling it the best weapon in castlevania 2 you're damn right <laughs> anyway yeah, so the, the pacing is bad i i recited the numbers in my bit but really there's so much time spent on vampire politics and so little spent with the main cast but ultimately as we went over it amounts to nothing so that is all your time wasted yeah um yeah i i think I think that's good for because I think we kind of went over the writing, how it's kind of not that great sometimes. Uh, and just in, in general, combat, like the, the action, art, animation, very good. All right. I think we've had enough of discussion about Castlevania Season 1 and 2. I think it is time to actually rank this. So uh, we are going to rank this using our normal 1 to 21 scale. Uh, 1 being absolute mastercraft. Can't really get much better than this. And 21 which is not even fun ironically to watch or you can have very little ironic uh, fun to watch actually, really quick can we talk about the art and that it's very good yes it's so good. art is very good the action is fantastic very yes. good animation very, very good set fluid. pieces the animation yeah. is terrific if anything it, it makes the show worth it just to see it yes Unless you just watch all the good parts which you know you could also do the any of the fights are very good, and I will stand by this. Oh, there, there's one I thing agree. about the animation that I was thinking of is like thinking of like the vampire politics that kind of bugs me is that this has a problem that I notice a lot in Western animation where people are just standing still in just various different positions and mostly just talk with their hands. You don't talk with your hands. I mean, I do. But also it's like. It's it reminds me of like the people way people talking. This reminds me of the way people talk in Archer. Yes, yes, I agree. You're like right. I said, the, yeah. the show is yeah. like ninety percent quipping. It's it, like I get it. Action is expensive, but also <laughs> it has so, it. 
it, it has a look that feels weird in Castlevania. It's it's very snark talk. Well, yeah. Yeah. Sorry. And oh. action is very expensive, but man. Yeah. All right. To the actual ranking. Uh, so, uh, <laughs> oddly enough, uh, I was not expecting to be the highest one to rank this. Um, so, if I'm going to take an average of what, what we've seen, let me just double check. Um, let's start with seven, because I feel like that is the most common uh, thing. And it, which, actually, I might as well just go over. Uh, so, Bob, you said seven to eight. Axe, you said nine. Torpo said five to seven. Uh, I said four to five, but, you know, I actually, I, I am fine with moving that down a little bit. Let's start at seven. So, uh, at seven, we have American Gladiators, uh, the Area 88 OVA, Cyber City 80808, Fantasy's Kaleidoscope, uh, Kamen Rider Black, Mortal Kombat Movie, Nick Arcade, The Hunt for the Red October, and the East OVA. Okay, if there were ever two more perfect parallels, you could never find them. In A, Cyber City 080808, and B, Mortal Kombat. Uh, so, no. I will say, I think the original Mortal Kombat movie is legit good. I'm never going to... Oh, yeah. I'm, I'm going to yeah, dive I'm on board with that. Yeah, it's sure. at seven. Like, it's almost in the, the indigo. It's at the high blue. It's a good but movie. Like, in terms of, like, ultraviolence and the way the talking is and everything, I think Cyber City 080 is a good comparison. I... You know what? I didn't think about it like this, but man, I actually kind of like the dialogue in Cyber City 80808 better than the dialogue in this. <laughs> in like, it unironic. Helps that Cyber City is shorter. It's shorter. Also, Cyber City is just so ludicrous that it just is kind of funny. Whereas in Castlevania, I think they were trying to be somewhat serious, which kind of makes it's, it worse. It was so fucking weird every time Carmilla said fuck. Fuck or shit. Anytime Carmilla said it felt really weird and awkward. As someone yeah. who swears a lot, I know these things. Yeah. It well the dialogue is also kind of clunky and awkward because it's trying it's a I hate to use this word, but it's a little pretentious in its in its uh presentation. Because everybody's trying to be clever or somebody's trying to be super edgy it's... and it's not quite, but it's similar to the issue that I have with Joss Whedon, which is the constant need to quip. Yes. Honestly, this is yes. less terrible in that regard. It is but... Whedon-esque. Oh, yeah. I cannot yeah. fucking stand that about Whedon. <laughs> but... I, feel like, I feel like these creepy people who do lots of creep... I'm sorry, a lot of quippy media just kind of congregate together. They must talk to each other a lot. They also look similar, honestly. Yeah. But, uh... Because you've never seen the both of them in the same room. Exactly. No. But yeah, so I, I, I like Cyber City because it's meant to be schlocky. So yeah, I agree with you in that, Lolo. It is it, it's meant to be schlock. It's the thing also, it's like if I would rather watch one of these things, now that I think about it, I'd just rather watch Cyber City again. Like I like if I'm looking at this, honestly, if I was like, here, do I want to watch Castlevania season one and two again? Or do I want to watch Pretty much anything on in the sevens, I kind of pick. Like, I would say a grand majority of these, I think I would rather. It's the thing of like, would I rather watch it or do I think it's a better piece of media? Okay, you want something fun to go off of? I think East is a better interpretation of of its original material than this is. So, Ooh, wow, I would say yes. Yeah, but also it kind of was boring. <laughs> 
Yeah. Um, but but yeah. So hmm. the reason I figured parallels is is the dialogue and writing for Oedo, but also Mortal Kombat because it's another thing that was adapted from previous material that took some liberties, but in its case, I think did it for the better. I did too. Now that I think, man, it's it's when you put it in context, like when you think these put these things together, that just feels really weird. Like it's I like, can honestly I... get behind putting Mortal Kombat ahead of this for those exact reasons. Like Mortal Kombat. Mortal Kombat again, like it, its dialogue isn't snappy, it's not witty, it's not, you know, any of those things, but it's it's fun and it's schlocky, and you yeah. can get you get some enjoyment out of it, you know. Your soul is mine. Yeah, that, your soul is mine. It's your great. soul is mine. Nobody is gonna quote Castlevania ever. So, like, ever. the thing is, it is it is trying too hard to take itself seriously while also saying some goofy shit, but more importantly having an entire part of an episode dedicated to demons talking to a priest about how bad he's fucked it. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We, we mention, just, like, I we am mention, not... I'm sorry. That's okay. Uh, I am not one to really front for the church in any way, shape, or form. But, like, this is, this is very... This feels very much like that one atheist everybody knows who just nothing but whining about the church and how horrible the church is and religion is evil and poison like that's this whole series is just religion is evil and poisonous and it's like well depending on who's doing it and how they're doing it but it's it's just it's very much a, a super like we get it you don't like the church okay what's up bob i was to say say that this show really really does not like religion does it they warn else does not like religion no. no, I mean, so it, it is a also, pretty known thing. Also, another thing I should point out: another game that Warren Ellis wrote was Dead Space. Yep. Which, in hindsight, it all makes sense now. Um, so I guess in that case, it's not going above seven for certainly. So seven's our cap. Uh, let's kind of talk about eight. Uh, and eight, we have Digimon the movie, Goku Midnight I, Labyrinth. Both episodes, but just watch one. Yeah, you got to say the whole yeah. title. Yep. Yeah. yeah. Move on to third, Secret of Mamo. Uh, roller games, Sweet Home, in the first season of Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. This is where I think it get interesting, because I think I'd rather watch Castlevania than a lot of those. Yeah. Uh, no, same. So, like, then the question is, do you make it a, an 8 or a 7? That's the question. There's a range within. It's... But, like, hmm. I find this more watchable than The Secret of Mamo, at the very least. I would agree for the most part. I'm um, just like, in my head, I'm like, is it on par with Goku Midnight Eye? Which is an interesting phrase. It's a rare it's like sentence. Goku Midnight Eye. Okay, so like, I'm a little biased here. Goku Midnight Eye scratches a very specific itch for me. Oh, yeah, for me too. But also, it's <laughs> funny thinking about comparing anything. <laughs> like, think of like this Castlevania show to Goku Midnight Eye. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, now that the more that I think about it, this really does kind of have the energy of like a manga UK. It does. OVA. Like the, uh, specifically the lines. Yeah. This is like until we get to season three, four. This is like peak anime. It's not for kids anymore. This is You're right. It's, it's trying way too hard to be for adults. This, that, every, this. Putting that into perspective, this actually made yes, God. Mm. I kind of personally am leaning towards the eight side. What about Let's you, Alex? What do you think? You think an eight? Uh, oh. Eight or seven? Uh, me? Uh, 
Well, I I voted for nine. Initially. Yeah, you were originally at nine, which yeah. Well, let's. Well, I mean, we've. I was listening to what everybody's thinking here. Uh, okay, so again, I am an Argento fan, deep and forever. Phenomena does drag on a bit. I can't, in all good faith, say that this was uh, worse than that. Same with a number on like Fern Gully is just fun. Fern Gully yeah, is great. Anybody says they don't like Fern Gully. Fern Gully is also yeah, very horny, but more let, importantly, it has Tim Curry. Let's go exactly. over. Yeah, let's quick just for the people at home. Uh, stuff that's at nine is Clash of the Titans, Fern yes. Gully, Flash Gordon, uh, a show or a game we did in Retro and Grapsy that was basically a motion comic. Uh, Gogo Go- 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 13, Carlisle Noyagu, first season of Mega Man, Phenomena. Sonic OVA, Sukuban Deka's first, Pirates of Dark Water, Tokyo Shiri Soul Brain, Tron, and he's two. I would I would definitely watch this over any of those. I would agree. Also, nine has a lot of stuff as it is. Like there's some good stuff in nine, but ultimately as a whole, looking at the whole product, I would definitely watch this over those. Yeah. Right. Well then that kind of brings us it's to seven and eight. So seven and eight. I'd put it in eight. I wouldn't put it in seven. Let's go to eight. I think kind of of the discussion that we're having, it seems like putting it closer to eight. It seems like eight would be the more accurate thing for our what we've been saying. It's not on par with Mortal Kombat. Yeah. That's kind of the thing is like Cyber City Oedo and Mortal Kombat are really what they're like. "Hmm, Nah. All right, so let's put it at eight. I, I could see this on the same level as Goku Midnight Eye in terms of, like, tone. Yeah. That, there, well, Goku Midnight didn't feel like it was trying too hard. I remember the second mm. episode. I uh, don't it, remember the second uh, episode. That was the I one that got a little... Sweet... Yeah, that mm. was... Uh, that one got a little sexual salty. Uh, yeah. Also, the first episode with the... That was more horny than, well, also it was violent. Okay, but what about Motorcycle Lady? That was the peak of writing. That's just good design. Exactly. 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 And, and now the only problem is now I'm just thinking of Angel Cop again. Like, this, all things considered, this is mostly just violent and angry. It was not really horny. Not yet. No, okay, yes. Okay, but even Let's then. not talk about femdom right now, though. Yes. Yes. Uh, so, yes, of season one and two, no, it is not sexual that at all actually now that i think about it yeah no they they largely kind of just avoided that shit yeah the the first first two seasons is all about the politics all about yeah the, yeah the also fuck the church don't forget fuck the church literally yes, the entire the, the entire first seasons about fuck the church yeah i got really annoyed watching through it again because that's literally all it was it's like yeah. again you know i I'm not a big religious person, but that it's it's that person that you know who's like a diehard atheist, and all they do is post about how they hate religion. That's pretty much this. Yeah. Um. So point being, I think we're gonna stick or we're gonna put this at eight. Mm-hmm. Okay. So going through, uh, definitely Gore Plus because this is probably one of the more gory, gory shows that I've seen. Gore Plus 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 Gory. Plus Plus Plus. Yeah, actually Plus. Yeah. It is, it is, yeah, it is pure, it's just a shitload of Uh, gore. Wait, don't I have a thing that, oh, also for me, particularly season one, the, Uh, there's a lot of vomiting. Yeah, in the first, there are four episodes, 
and three of them have it, and then the fourth one has discussion of it. That that was like I like when the speaking of the demon talking to the church is like uh, it's like after like the things in the first three seasons or thing and I'm watching that and it discusses like oh, like the demon says something like D- your your actions just make us pick I'm like god damn it it's like why yeah exactly there's like, also Sifa after she gets unpetrified yeah that's in the first, first thing season. she does yeah it's just yeah work up chunks uh like one of the first things you see Trevor do uh it's just another thing of Trevor in the second episode and it's um, weird because, you know, Castlevania is not really that much of an adult series. I mean, sure, there's blood, there's, like, discussion religion, but they're kind of making up a lot here, you know? Yeah. Is, also, the, also a lot of talking about having sex with a sheep. Uh, that was the ending of the first episode, I might add. Uh, that is, in, and it, it ties the into the, the, the start of the second episode. Yeah. No, 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 no. It's the end of the first and goes into the second. Great. Uh, also, uh, finally, yeah, there's I some used... uh, lovely classist uh, portrayals, let's say. Yeah. Also, uh, Warren Ellis has feelings about the unwashed masses, as we learn in season one. Uh, also, I finally get a use of the excessive profanity tech. <laughs> yeah, that sounds fucking ridiculous. Uh, uh, even by my own through. my own previous standards, it curses way too goddamn much. I mean, OK, so like. I swear more than the show, but my problem is an issue I have with a lot of media is it doesn't feel natural. Yes. Yeah. It's not um, used to punctuate. It's just used to be edgy. Let's see. Uh, is there anything we want to call out in music's, music, charm, cinematography, storytelling, action, and art? Action. Is music is there's one good song, but like action and art, yes. I feel, yeah, because those two I give a thumbs up. Uh, Wasted potential, I think, for music is what I'd say. Yeah, there's God. like that one remix of Bloody Tears, and that's it, right? Yes. It's a really good mix, too. It's a really good arrangement. Yeah, it would have been nice if I didn't get spoiled on it. <laughs> Thanks, brother. <laughs> yeah, that, that sounds like him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, story. Hatchway's storytelling, I might give a thumbs down. Yeah. Yeah. Oops, I, what the hell? You know what? Oh, Personally, I would put more wasted potential than just straight up a thumbs down. But... Yeah, naturally that I think is more accurate. I feel like the whole show is just a lot of wasted potential. Yeah. Just everything about it is like there's something cool that could have been here, and then it's just like, but what if we didn't do something good with it? Um yeah. Uh any yay or nay? A uh, pacing. 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 Oh Lord. Um Alright. Um yeah, I think that'll I think that'll do it. Uh, yeah, I'm totally out. Yeah, so I can't really think of um, any other charms uh, for that. So uh, that's uh, I think that is uh, good for uh, seasons one and two of Castlevania. We'll put it in eight. It's true. We can save someone's got a fetish for next time. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So I guess with that, um, that'll do it for this. Uh, so, uh, Bob, is there anything you want to plug? Yes, I'd like to uh, plug the top 47,858 games of all time podcast here on Hardcore Gaming 101. It is a game where we take the games you give us and we rank them on a big list. Nobody's done that before. It's our idea. It's entirely original. I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, feel free to give us a listen. And if you like us, Give us some think games to review. 
<laughs> All right. Uh, and you find, oh, go ahead. Sorry. I'm oh, saying you, you have can find that yeah. at the Hardcore Gaming 101 website. All right. Uh, yeah. Oh, you got a link? Yeah, let me find a link real quick. Where should I put it? Just to... uh, You can just put it uh, in this little... You can put it somewhere. I'll find it. Uh, all right. So uh, there's that. Uh, Axe, anything you want to plug? Yes, the Autistic Self-Advocacy Network and your local SPCA or animal shelter. Please adopt. Don't shop. Uh, Torpo? Uh, Twitch.tv slash Torpotypist and at Torpotypist on Twitter. And I would like to plug the whole put in God brand by Isaac. Thank you. Have a good yeah. day. Yes. Yeah, you got it. So uh, next time we are going to be discussing season three and four of this show, which if you thought we had t- things to talk about for this set, uh, season three and four uh, in- there's a lot to discuss in season three and four of Castlevania opinions will fly so yes uh, that'll that'll be uh, it for this episode so thank you all for listening bye me if you would like to see the list in which we have ranked every single thing we've done for Media Delta, you can go to r3.ldp.life in your browser. If you would like to watch the sister show that determines what could show up on Media Delta, that's Retro Rank Rhapsody, you can watch it live on Twitch at twitch.tv slash or on YouTube at youtube.ldp.life. If you would like to discuss this episode with others, please join our Discord server by going to discord.ldp.life in your browser, which should give you a link. Thank you again for listening.